vases drunk with monks. Drunk with monks. Hey everyone. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Hi. That's the excitement I'm looking for. Hi friends. <laughs> welcome to Drunk with Monks. Oh, welcome. Yeah. Oh boy, do we welcome it's you. It's a good day oh, to get Oh boy, drunk. do we welcome so many people. <laughs> oh, oh boy. The excitement is through the roof, as you all can imagine. I'm Eni Berkovitz. That guy who's making a lot of weird noises is Trevor Messenger. Hello. Today we are joined by our first ever special guest all the way from the East Coast because of this historic day for the San Diego Padres franchise. Corey Patrick McEgan joining us. Hi, Corey. Welcome. Thank you, boys. It's a privilege, it's an honor. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you, for, thank you for having me on board. Hell yeah, dude. It's a blessing and, and, frankly, a great day to have some more Padre fans chime in, excuse me, on a, on a great day overall. Breaking news, obviously, trade deadline today was hectic. A.J. Preller made today about himself once again. What an he, egomaniac. As he tends to do in the best way possible, frankly. Long story short, we have acquired... Juan Soto, we have acquired Josh Bell, we have acquired Josh Hader, we have acquired Drury from the Reds as just a quick little footnote. Just like a, hey, well, you know what, we'll take that guy too. Yeah. Please. So let's go ahead and get some quick thoughts from both you, Trevor, and yourself, Corey Egan. Trevor, we'll start with you. Let's get some thoughts here. Um, I was, I was on the Soto train the second they said he was available. As soon as the Nationals, as soon as he turned down the the 14-year offer and the Nationals said they would start listening, to myself, I said, A.J. Preller has to give them whatever they want. He can give them the top, all 30 of the top prospects. I don't care. Bring Juan Soto here. You do not ever get a chance to acquire a 23-year-old top three hitter, left-handed no less, in baseball. That does not happen. It doesn't happen ever. And the fact that the San Diego Padres, the lowly San Diego (laughs) Padres, came to the table and said, Mike Rizzo, we will give you four of our top five, plus Eric Hosmer. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Yeah. And he said yes. And now we – and Josh Bell. We just acquired nine war, essentially. 100 games into a season. Yeah. I, I, I'm oh, still God. a little bit in shock that it happened. Yeah. Like, I, I, yesterday they were they were talking about, you know, talks. The momentum was moving, and there was us and the Cardinals and the Dodgers. And the whole time they kept saying we were the frontrunners. We were the frontrunners. We had the most to offer. We were the most willing to part with our prospects. And, boy, were they right. Yeah. And, look, man. Mackenzie Gore, I think, hurts the most. For you especially, man. For me, you've been, I, I, you've been, I, yeah, I've been on the Mackenzie Gore train since he was drafted. You've been driving the Mackenzie Gore yeah, train, man. Since he was drafted. <laughs> yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I wished him well on Instagram. Not that he'll ever see it. But, like, <laughs> I was like, like well, because he posted a thing on Instagram. It was like, thank you for everything, San Diego. I was right. like, dude, hope you do well. He posted I really, that. I really Bobby Barrows posted that, right. too. Like, Sad to see like, him go. They, the... They enjoyed their time in this organization, no, and no it question. was tough to see them go. They developed, frankly. They developed. Yeah. Mackenzie Gore went through so many ups he and downs as part lot. of this organization. Yeah. I'm, I imagine with the short time that he had with Niebla, like he's probably like, what a mentor this guy yeah. became for him. You know what I mean? Because yeah, absolutely. Gore went from someone who was like, yo, we can't even put you on a mound yeah. to, oh, by the way, you're starting major league games this year as like a Against core the Dodgers. Piece. Yeah, like as a core piece of our rotation. Yeah. 
Wait, were you on? Were you high on him as much as Jim Callis was? That guy was. Uh, just. I got a little weary when he yeah. started having the yips a little bit. I, yeah. I, I started to be like, ah, it, yeah, maybe he just maybe maybe our player development isn't as good. Like maybe I knew his stuff was good, still so good. I was still really high on his stuff, but I was more weary about our player development because of Absolutely. how the transition from the minors to the majors in, with this franchise has always been a nightmare. We've never been able to produce pitchers the other way. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, I was yeah. I was still pretty high on him. But to sum up my general thoughts on this trade, it's the most significant trade in baseball in the last, probably since Babe Ruth. I mean, that's what they've been saying. That's what everyone's mm-hmm. been saying is that this trade, I mean, the haul on both ends, you don't get a player like this through a trade. No. Especially with years of control. But anyway, moving on, Corey Egan, I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on today, and, and I also want to get some thoughts from you. Were you more of a prospect hugger, or what was your stance on the whole thing? Absolutely. So, like, yeah, like you guys are saying, like this is a mega deal. This doesn't come around ever, really. He's 23. He's in his prime. They're, like, comping him to Ted Williams. And, like, that's oh, yeah. just, like, oh, my God. Can you believe um, that? Like, yeah, still... Still in shock, um, obviously, just being San Diego Padres fans, and then just getting flashbacks from last trading deadline when we were supposedly supposed to get Scherzer and all that. Like, that crept in the back of my head for sure. Oh, all of our heads. And by the all way, day, did, did we sure. dodge a bullet with that? Because oh, they certainly. lost Scherzer, and we got to hold all these assets and get the guy who was, we would much rather have over Scherzer. Oh, anyway, 100%. Continue, Corey, sorry. No, 100%. And, like... It's just so cool to see us going all in, and we have, this isn't just a rental, like you guys are saying, like this is, we have him for this postseason, potentially three postseasons, three straight. If, we, if we don't extend him. And then, who's this, like, our pitching staff is lining up, like this window could not be any more perfect, It's can't be any more excited to be a Padre fan, yeah. honestly. It's, it's, it's been crazy, especially, you know, us three, uh, obviously, you know, I've known you guys for a while, and... and Growing up as a Padre fan was not easy. Brutal. <laughs> to say Just the least. brutal. Just ask Joe Musgrove. And to be, you know, part of this transition into a powerhouse is crazy. Like, I legitimately saw a Dodgers writer on Twitter ask, who would you rather have? And they posted their top four, and they posted our top four. And for the first time in my entire existence, I was like, I think I would prefer our top four. Who's theirs? Turner, yeah. Freeman, Betts, and... Muncie? Who's their fourth? That's... It was uh, Will Smith. Oh. Mm. But if you talk so about... So ours is Soto, Tatis, Manny, and Cronenworth? Cronenworth. Or yeah, or Bell. Bell. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Bell we, now, we I guess. Options. I'd take that four. Yeah. If you throw Bell in there, I'd take that four. Yeah. I'd take that four over those four. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Bell's a switch yeah. hitter. This is a crazy, crazy time to be a Padre fan. And, yeah, the, the growth and to get to this point now where it's like, like you said, Corey Egan, I mean, we're going all in to a point yeah. that we've never seen before. We're not holding anything Uncharted back. water. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like it's all out there, and now it's on the players to perform, obviously. I mean, A.J. Preller, to say the least, did his job. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's everything that I've heard over because I've been listening to all these shows for the last 24, 36 Five months, let's say, <laughs> and they they keep saying that he can just sit back and I did my job. He sure now did. it's on you. I mean, because on top of this, like on top of this, we talk about this all the time, Trevor, on so many episodes. I mean, 
on top of this to bring in Bob Melvin and Ruben Niebla and the yeah. player development and all this stuff. Like he did all that. He he drafts probably he's one of the best drafters in, in baseball. Really, because good look at all this talent that the Nationals coveted. For it to beat all these other teams' offers. Oh, yeah. To go out and get Josh Hader and, and then have the package available to get Juan Soto the next day. Juan Soto and Josh Bell, excuse me, is insane. Now, and we didn't even get rid of Camposano and yeah, Merrill. Didn't get rid of Camposano, didn't get rid of right. Merrill, who we covet. We covet Merrill. We love apparently. Merrill. Yeah, yeah, we really do. Is really now, I would have preferred. Go, go ahead, Corey. Sorry. We, and we still have Maury Hone, too. Oh, yeah, that's the other one. Maura I would have been more willing to part with Merrill over Wood. But I understand why the, the Nationals, Nationals were like, like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we're taking wood. Give us yeah. wood. <laughs> Can yeah. we have that six foot seven yeah. behemoth over there <laughs> yeah. hitting 500-foot tanks? I'm not going to We'll lie. take him. I mean, I think we all know that kid looks yeah, special. of course. And it, it might sting. You know, it might sting five years from now. But you know what, dude? Our we have Soto for three years. Minimum. Three. I, we'll get into extending him later. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a conversation for another day. But, yeah. I mean... He's going to command $500 million. Ten okay. years, minimum $500 million. But, I don't know if we're going to have it. But why don't we'll you, see. like, it seems as though Seidler is more than willing to commit to players. Oh, dude. I mean. Go Steve Cohen on it. Like, Go Steve Cohen the, on like, it. You got I, the money. I would imagine, listen, he's here to win. And actually, someone on Padres Twitter was talking about how they ran into to Seidler today oh, after wow. all this. And was like, thank you. Like, this is incredible. I'm so happy to be a Padre fan. And he was like. He's like, I'm here to win. <laughs> We're here to win. Oh. <laughs> he like corners him. In yeah. The <laughs> like okay, dude. Yeah, thanks. Like, just saying scared. thanks, dude. But he's like, I'm here to win. And when is the when is the only time in history as a San Diego fan of any sport that we've ever heard an owner be this committed to winning? Is it doesn't happen. So it doesn't. The excitement is through the roof. I want to get into what this means for lineups, and we're gonna tackle Eric Hosmer here in a bit. But for now, I want to just tackle all the exciting stuff. So, what does this mean for lineups for you guys? Where do you see people slotting in? Assuming Tatis is fully healthy, Trevor, we'll start with you, but I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Okay, okay, let's go. Okay, first, I want to I talk about the lineup tomorrow, and I'm going to do it real quick because then I do want to get into Tatis being healthy. Tomorrow, I see Profar, Soto, Machado, Bell, then... Cronenworth, I think, and by the way, I think Cronenworth is such a fantastic five-hitter. Amazing. He is such a prototypical five-hitter. Perfect. Left-handed, has just enough pop, but gets on base and sees good pitches. And how about the fact that Bell is a switch hitter? Absolutely. What a luxury. Absolutely. Mm. Anyway. You never have to platoon him. And then we're going to go, you got to put Kim six. I mean, Kim has been on fire. He's playing so well. Absolutely on fire. He's hitting the ball so well to all fields. He's hitting for extra base hits. He's, He's hitting slugging. 100 mile an hour fastballs. Yeah. yeah, he is hitting the yeah. piss out of the ball. It's awesome. Yeah, awesome, Kim. So where we're at, we're at six. After that, you got to go Alfaro. Alfaro is your catcher slash DH. Then you're gonna go Nola Grisham, and then the DH can rotate. You know, you got Drury now. Where does Drury hit? Because Drury has 20 bombs. Drury is gonna be what what is being known as the super utility player. He's going to play anytime anyone needs a day off, Drury. Will Myers needs a day off, Drury's in right field. Where, Profar needs a day off, Drury's gonna in right field. What's going to happen with Hassan Kim then? Hassan Kim is going to be the other super utility because he's more defense first. Drury's more offense first. And you're going to determine on a, on a daily basis whether or not you need more defense or more offense. 20 and bombs from Drury. It sounds like he needs to be in the everyday lineup. It does sound that way. It really does. And I could see a world where 
somebody slides to center field, it's hard. It's really hard to sacrifice that defense because Grisham does have wheels. I could see Profar sliding Oof, to center field, but no. I, I yeah, I don't no. like it. I really don't, and I don't like Myers. We've done that, but yeah, that was a yeah. That's not right. Yeah, we tried it in 2015. Okay, so anyway, when Tatis is fully healthy, I think that the proof is in the pudding that he should be your leadoff hitter. We try, we we put him in the leadoff, and all he does is rake. You put him two, he does not hit as well. I don't know why. I've never been able to figure out why. He has to be your leadoff hitter. Small sample size, in my opinion. I, I, I get that, but... He can hit... I mean, it's not tease. He can One hit. and four are his two best slots. I don't know why cleanup. It's really Small weird. Small sample size again. Uh, it's true, but he has the biggest sample size in the leadoff position. Because he he's does. our best hitter. And he sees, he, he sees enough pitches to qualify as a leadoff hitter. He doesn't see a ton. He doesn't see a ton. Pro but he also does. rakes. Yes. So... Yeah. I'll, get, I'll throw out two different lineups. Tatis, Soto, Machado, right off the bat. Let's just get it started. Tatis, Soto, I mean, Machado. That's, that's as scary as it gets. <laughs> then, then you go whoever your DH is because it's going to be Alfaro, who's, you know, his main point in there is to drive in runs. Drury, who's got 20. He's got more home runs than anyone on our team, by the way. Who else DHs for us? Or Bell, if he's going to be DHing that day. Or you just slot Bell right in there at four. Then you go Alfaro, Drury, whoever's DHing. You could basically flip flop that four five that four five. Where slot. did you put Cronenworth? Cronenworth's fifth. Okay. Fifth or sixth. In this scenario where Tatis is healthy, he's likely hitting sixth. Wow. Which right. is insane. An all stars is hitting sixth in our lineup. Yeah. He, he was hitting third for us yeah, for a little bit of today, this year. And first and second. He's hitting yeah. the top of the lineup yeah. the whole entire year, and now he just got slotted down three so, spots. Without Soto, I mean, I, I had Cronenworth as our two-hitter, like perfect two-hitter for what the Padres have to offer, but this is a new day and age. Yeah. And you got to slide down for one I mean, this Soto. this completely altered our franchise. It's insane. Completely altered our franchise. Yeah. Uh, so Grisham bats ninth for you. So Grisham bats ninth. And then eighth would be Profar. Eighth would be Myers, and seventh would be Profar. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's wow. that's ridiculous that's to insane. think about. A guy that got went five for six. But where does Myers play in the field? Right field. And where's Soto? Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many DHs now. You just totally forgot one Soto is a so, part of no, this. No, I knew he was there. I just forgot that he plays right. He's out of the, the lineup, frankly. Like he's out of the lineup, but he's going to be platooning first base and DH. You're right. He is. And then Josh Bell first base and DH, and Drury first base DH, and all other wow, places. Everyone moving down a slot is throwing me off it's so a, bad because insane. now everyone is is yeah. Corey, Anyways. again, let's let's go to you. Uh, I'd love yeah. to hear your lineup thoughts and also your thoughts on where Tatis should be in the lineup. Are you a leadoff guy for him as well? I am. I remember him just excelling last year when we slot him in there. But I think until he gets back, I mean, you got to ride this Profar train. He's he's seen the ball so well, setting the table for everyone behind him. He's doing exactly what you could have ever asked for. And he's hit some, um, with some pop lately. Too. I couldn't agree more. With some pop, absolutely. It's I mean, maximizing his skill set until it doesn't. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. There was a writer so earlier think, this yeah. this year that uh, that put him as like a, an under-the-radar bounce-back season because of the solidity of his position. 
Yeah. He's had to bounce around so much with us that it kind of shook his brain. And he you talked like, about that at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I did. How he was like a number one prospect. Yep. Never got consistent playing time, yep. and now he's like now he's the everyday left, in fielder. left field every day. By the way, Gold Glove material. Oh, absolutely. Corey, sorry, continue. And I was just gonna say, so taking like Bob Melvin into account too, he's so good at giving people days off or giving them rest when they need it, shuffling up for matches, for matchups, uh, whether it's righty or lefty. So I think probably from like five or six down is going to see maybe a lot of shuffling throughout the year, just depending on whether it's Nola or Alfaro, uh, depending on who caught the previous day, because we know Darvish likes Nola a lot, but then you see Manaya with Alfaro. So, I mean, just going into that mess, I couldn't agree more. I mean, once, once Tatis does come back, how do you not maximize the amount of at-bats you get with Tatis, Soto, Machado just right off the bat? It's a great point. It's a great point. You want him up at the plate as many times as possible. Many times you want. Yeah. And with the with the bottom of the lineup, I mean, Grisham's hitting for some power. It looks like he's kind of riding the ship. I, I mean, speak let's talk soon. about that oppo field bomb he hit yesterday. On a 98-mile-an-hour Down and away, down out and away. of the yeah. zone, in left center yeah. at Petco. It looks like he's riding the ship a little bit, and it couldn't be coming at a more perfect time. So it, it changes our entire dynamic of our offense. If he's our nine hitter and he's hitting for power, but he has more home runs than Cronenworth. First of all, he does yeah, he's got twelve bombs. Cronenworth hit his tenth today, which also was a tank. Yeah, it was to the Cron zone. Mm-hmm. But if Grisham's hitting for power, changes the entire because then he came up on his second at bat and bunted it down the third baseline. That was a base knock. Dude's got like, wheels. If you got both of these, and he's the best bunter in baseball, but you have both of those options. I am with you, Corey, and I actually am going to take it a step further. I disagree with both of you. I mm-hmm. think Tati should not lead off. Where do you think he should hit? I think he should hit third. I, I can't argue with it. I really can't. So here's my reasoning. Profar is – we're maximizing his skill set as a leadoff hitter. He sees the most amount of pitches. He is the most selective with his – you know, with the pitches that he swings at. Right now, he's, he's clearly on fire. If that were to slow down, we can revisit this. But right now, he's on fire. Which has happened, and we have For seen sure. it happen, yeah. We have, but we yeah. also were shuffling him around the lineup. But he's been a lot hotter more often this season than he's been cold. And because he's getting more at-bats at the, as, at the leadoff position. Yeah. And now imagine when the pitcher knows that on deck he's got Juan Soto, and after that he's got Fernando Tatis Jr. Good luck, pal. I mean, now oh. you've got Profar. Oh. Profar is going to get on base. Yeah. Profar's going to get on base. Dude, it's laughable. <laughs> yeah. It is straight up laughable, it, the lineup we're about to trot out. It's insane. So you get from Profar, who I think is going to get on base now, because when it's a pitch to hit, Profar hits it. He and does. And I'm not necessarily saying you know, he's going to hit it for a bomb every time. He's not necessarily a power hitter, although he's he's changed that narrative a bit bomb. recently. He's got some bomb. But he hits the ball. I mean, today he had five hits. Five hits. Five hits. Well, uh, and I believe two of yeah. them were doubles. Yeah. One of them, yeah. One of them almost got out. And the other benefit, by the way, is that he's a switch hitter. Yeah. Which is nuts. So that's that's just another Switching. added right. benefit. Yeah. He is a prototypical leadoff hitter. He really man. is. He sees so many pitches. He in the stress that I would be feeling as a starting pitcher to have to get this guy out. Because next I'm looking at Juan Soto and then Tatis and then Machado. Oh, good luck. Like does does Profar steal any any bases? I don't know what occasionally. His, uh, Nobody on our team is stealing anymore. Yeah. Occasionally, the Padres team doesn't steal bases. We're not. Anymore. Yeah, we're not stealing bases Which anymore. I hope that changes now that we have this new dynamic. Soto's pretty fast. Soto's got wheels. Soto's pretty fast. I mean, Tatis we know is a madman on the base path. So insane. Let's hope that that. that I don't. Changes. I still don't. I think he's going to be locked in a cage. Though I don't think he's stealing any bases right. here. Really so anyway, don't. I would go from 
I would go from Profar to Soto to Tatis, Machado, Bell, Cronenworth. That's a disgusting <laughs> top six. I mean, that's disgusting. That's dude. insane. Good luck. That is. Good that luck. is I mean, you know, you know, all the, yeah, all those quarterbacks back in the day would be like, yeah, I throw up before every game. Yeah. That's that's every pitcher facing I mean, that lineup. And then seven through nine, give me three bags of sand. I don't care who you put in the freaking batter's box. Like three bags of sand, a stack of pancakes, and I'm I'm getting on base. I'm hitting bombs. You're really hitting it with those uh, Steve Carell references right here. I'm out of here. What? Dan in real life where he's laying on the stack of pancakes. Is it a stack of pancakes? I yeah, remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you remember Wait, that poster? Right, true, it's true, a deep true, cut. Yeah. yeah. I'd but, like to change my answer. Okay. Two. The lineup you just. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome, welcome. No, I, I, I do. Th- you made you made some really good points about Profar, and and God, we've been seeing it. We, I, I was at the game this past Sunday and Saturday, and Profar he hit hit a bomb in each of those games, and that I it was so interesting. I haven't been to a game in, at Peco Park in over a year, and the sound off the bat. As soon as he hit it, you just hear me yelling, "Get out, ball!" Yeah, and it and. <laughs> It's gone. He's just he hits the piss out of the ball yeah. sometimes, but I'm, he's seeing so many. He sees so many. He's so selective. Which sets man. him up to see a good pitch to go yard. And on. especially now is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like these guys are gonna have to throw the ball down the middle. They yeah. can't risk this guy walking, which he will because he's so selective yep. and knows the strike zone so well. He gets on base, and now you have Soto up. Soto's gonna walk most likely because Soto well, walks. Soto walks more than anybody else on Earth, and then yeah. you have Tatis well, up with two people on and nobody out. Oh, good yeah. luck. Well, like Soto hasn't gotten any pitches to hit this year. That's why like his average is so deceiving. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Great point, Corey. Yeah. And it's like now he has backup. Like now you literally have to pitch to someone either. Machado, Tatis, or Soto—like it's unreal. You don't want to pitch to any of those. Those no. first—I mean, two, did you did you guys hear six. what uh, what Musgrove said earlier today? Yeah, walk him. He said, they, <laughs> they asked him how would you approach facing Tatis, Soto, and Machado in a lineup. He goes, "I'd walk all three of them and take my chances with the next guy." <laughs> it's so true. Oh, it's nuts. Man. It's so true. And now after that, you have to deal with Josh Bell who's hitting three hundred. That's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. That is yeah. the stuff of nightmares I mean, for a pitcher. The Josh Bell pickup is insane. I mean, the it's easy. We could sit here and talk about Soto for three hours. We could. Because we know what we this might. guy brings to the table. And by the way, the fact that he's been there and done that, you know how Hosmer is supposed to be our World Series leader guy, idiot? Oh! Now we have Juan Soto, who's done more than Eric Hosmer in the World Series, by the way, had to go through a tougher route to get there, beat the Dodgers, hit a clutch home run in the wild card game, like... This guy is the reason for the season, and he should be our postseason leader. And I would want nobody more than Juan Soto, who's an actual athlete on the team, who's who we already know. Like we don't like people were asking me about the the camaraderie on the team, the the dynamic. I was like, I already know Tatis and Machado are going to be absolute homies with Soto. I mean, Tatis and Soto are the same age. They come, the, they come from basically. Don't they come from the same city? Tatis yeah, they, they, I think they might. Yeah, and like they, dude, that video that's been going viral today of like Tatis massaging his shoulders during the and Machado the coming movie. up after him. Yeah, and they're all wearing forty four yeah. in I, honor of Hank Aaron. I just was like, come on, you yeah. can't ask for more than this. So I, I am curious about your guys' thoughts on camaraderie, like because I think, like the the Hosmer thing has been going around for a few years. That's now, what we call a obviously. segue, folks. Yeah. The Hosmer thing has been going on for a few years now. And obviously, like, us as fans, we couldn't wait to see Hosmer get out of town. But the concern was in the dugout and, you know, how that would affect morale and things like that. Machado's obviously always advocated for Hosmer. But listen, it's official. He's gone. I think 
it would take a blind man to not see why he was shipped out for what we have coming in. But Trevor is getting ready to say something vicious, and I'm. Ready I've got some thoughts. <laughs> okay. Did this team earlier today look like they had camaraderie issues? As Eric Hosmer was sadly packing up his locker to go from beautiful, sunshiny San Diego to go to gloomy, humid, disgusting Boston. Did it look like anyone on that field was worried about their friend leaving? No. No, they didn't. And you know why? Because he hasn't helped the team at all. He has actively hurt the team, and now we have an an actual all-star first baseman coming in who has pop, who has the glove, who switch hits, and you don't have to, oh, he's left-handed, we're going to sit him against the left-handed pitcher. No. You're going to stick Josh Bell in there, he's going to be hitting four (laughs) and five, and he's going to just pick which side based on who's pitching. <laughs> Good will, riddance, Eric. I, I will say, uh, Corey. I don't know if you watched the game earlier today. Did you? I did. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that play with Machado going into foul territory, you doing classic, and then throwing that, throw that one hopper to, to Will Myers, and Will Myers to made will. such an athletic play at first base. I literally was like, I couldn't believe my eyes that we had an athlete on first base. I was like, I, I was like, I, Eric Hosmer couldn't contort to save his life. And Will Myers just made this play, and then looking at Hosmer, the camera panned back to, to excuse me, to Machado, and Machado was literally smiling ear to ear. Grin. He was pro- he's probably happy that Hosmer's gone. Like, <laughs> finally, someone's gonna back me up when I make a good throw on a hop. That was an incredible play on both ends, and it was unreal. But anyway, Corey, are you worried about camaraderie at all? Yeah, I think you have to be a little bit, just with how like everything unfolded last year but yet again I come back to it again Bob Melvin he literally knows he puts so much faith in all of his players I have so much more trust with him than tingle balls do that (laughs) I just it's just such a different just such a different dynamic and it's and I think it's going to make a world of a difference I actually forgot about Tingle Balls when I saw him on the Twin Yeah, Pumps. yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, that guy, he's still around. Battled. Battling. No, I, I mean, I think you have to have it in the back of your head, but, like, you look at the personality that Soto has, they all play with such energy, such, and it's just contagious. That's, that's just a fire that's going to spread. Oh, yeah. And, and Bob Melvin's just going to let it go, and I think... I think we're gonna watch some real fun baseball. So let me ask, let me let me ask you, Corey, because you know obviously the expectations are through the roof. What do you actually expect for this team, not only this year, but I guess at least in Juan Soto's limited tenure as it yeah. is right now? So, I mean, Frank, I'm expecting a World Series in the next three years. Like this is this is it's, it's real now. Like it's real, and this is exactly what. Uh, Seidler put all his money into all his chips in the middle of the table got rid of the entire farm system basically you you do this for this window and you have all the pitching you have all the pieces like you need you need to come out of this next three years I think with a ring I think that's fair and you know what we're gonna do when we sit back and watch that 
crack open a couple of cold ones and enjoy it. Do you, do you think they're? Do you think, do you think the Padres are fighting for a World Series this year, Trevor? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I don't think you make this trade. I don't think you make the other trades. I don't think you trade for Josh Hader. I don't think you trade for one of the best closers, if not the but, best closer in baseball. But Hader's under control for next year too. He is absolutely. So and why does that have to be this Soto's year? Soto's under control for the next two I years. That's what I'm saying. Years. Is it this year or is it next it's year? It's this year, next year, and the year after. It really is. So what are your expectations for this year? This year, I expect us to make a deep playoff run. Okay. I expect us to push to at least game six or seven of an NLCS at the bare minimum. As an at an NLCS. Absolutely. As a wild card team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because think about this. We own the tiebreaker over the Braves. We play out the rest. We're two or three games behind them. We play out the rest of this year and take over that four seed. We get three games at home in the wild card series. I will take us. I will take us in the wild card series against anyone. Then we move on to the division series. Who are we going to see? Either the Mets or the Dodgers. I take us against. We we own the tiebreaker over the Mets. We beat the Mets five out of five out of six, four out of six. I think. I think we beat them four out of six. I'd take us against them. Without Tatis. Without Tatis, and they had with they were without Degrom, but Soto hits Degrom. <laughs> Soto hits. <laughs> Soto's been hitting Degrom because they played in the same division. Yeah. I take us over anyone that'll throw at us. Anyone, it really will. You, so you think we face the Dodgers in the also division the series. Dodgers suck in the playoffs. Do both of you believe we beat the Dodgers in the division series? I believe we have a very yeah. good chance. The we Dodgers. Are, I'm chance. not going to take anything against uh, away from them. They have a good team. They could beat us, but we could also beat them. Corey, I think we have just a fair chance as anyone. I think it's those. Th- what is it? The first round is it three out of five? Or no, what it's is it? two out of three. First, It'll the wild card rounds two out of three. The division series is three out of five. The championship series is four out of seven. Okay, so we line up Darvish. They line up Kershaw. I think they go Walker first game. They I think go they Walker go Walker first. or Gonsolin. Yeah, Gonsolin's. Yeah. Yeah. And now, when Tyler, now Tyler Anderson. Kers- Kershaw's their three or four. Yeah. Okay, wow. You start yeah. the All-Star game. What a I know, isn't that weird? That was. But Kershaw doesn't scare me at so all deep. anymore. Because yeah. Tatis and Soto against Kershaw. And Machado. Machado, Machado rakes against left-handed I mean, pitching. these guys will. Mm-hmm. Josh this, Bell's a switch hitter. This man will eat this guy alive, bro. Like, I'm not worried about Kershaw anymore at all. But no. The Dodgers obviously concern me for so many reasons. You have, yeah. I mean, we know how stacked their lineup is. It's it's stacked. We do. Absolutely. You know, like when you're dealing with Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman in your first three hitters, like that's not an easy thing to get by. And your starters need to be on point. That is also the stuff of nightmares. It is, and I hate to say this. Actually, I don't. It puts a smile on my face to say this, but someone who's going to play a key role in this is Blake Snell. Because Blake Snell is going to get a crucial start against the Dodgers. For sure, he's, he's easily our best pitcher against the Dodgers. Easily. I, n- not, not even lying, dude, nothing will make me happier than coming onto this podcast and admitting to every single person that listens to this how right you are about Blake Snell. I am still not 100% convinced. I have to see it for the rest of the year. He's been balling lately, but my guy. But the last four out of the last five starts, and even the one blip was in Colorado, and it was only five runs. I can't really hold that against him. Four out of his last five starts have been utterly dominant. Unhittable. Absolutely mm-hmm. unhittable. He stopped nibbling. He started pounding the zone, 
challenging hitters with his 97, 98 mile an hour fastball, and then dropping an absolutely heartbreaking curveball yeah. against people. I, I mean, his stuff is filthy. Yeah. And nothing would make me happier than admitting that I was wrong about Blake. I Stout. wonder how much he's affected by Hosmer leaving, honestly. I hope not at all. Well, obviously we hope, but do we think he's... I oh, mean, but he's nobody, mentally weak. That's nobody, right. <laughs> nobody liked Hosmer. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Corey, I don't know how many of our episodes you've listened to, but Trevor is a massive Blake Snell hater. I'm not a hater. And that's why I brought that I up. I call it like I see it. Okay. Okay. But regardless of, of you calling it like you see it, <laughs> I've been saying for a while that I don't care how Blake Snell performs in the regular season because we know that when he's at his peak, He's a top five pitcher in baseball, and I think that's who we get when the playoffs come around because he's a gamer. He's not going to show up for a game in May against the Rockies. His postseason sh- stats are vastly. He's going to show up for the games season. that matter, and now he's revving up. It's post All Star break. Guarantee you, the next three four starts we see from him, they're going to be hearing me lights out. Guarantee. Corey, your thoughts? Oh, 100 percent. I just can't help but think like who I'm trying to picture. Who do we throw game one? In a playoff, I don't even. Uh, you go Darvish, okay. probably Darvish. Is it it's Darvish? Darvish, no? yeah. He's the most experienced. He's he's the oldest. He's the most mentally capable of handling that kind of pressure. Despite yeah. what happened in the playoffs a couple of years, one of those with the asterisk with the Astros. You go Darvish, then you go Musgrove. The, um, depending on where you so. The, Clevenger? The, well, the four. Oh, dude, we haven't, even, we haven't even talked about him yet. He's been absolutely He's dealing. Dominant. Our our starting rotation is the least of my concerns. Yeah. I'm still more concerned about this lineup with Soto and <laughs> Bell in it than I am about our rotation. <laughs> our rotation is disgusting. But the way you might want to the way you might want to play it is Darvish Snell because he pitches better at home. That's that's predicated on whether or not we right. own the home field advantage in the series. True. If we don't and we're away, then I think you go Darvish, Musgrove, and then Snell for game three back home. True. And then Clevenger for game four back home, and then right back to Darvish True. for game five. You and got start Manaya it all over again. And then Manaya out of the bullpen, filthy. Are you kidding me? Like, our, our, and we haven't even talked about Martinez, Manaya, Bill, dude. You know like, what, man? I don't even think is going to pitch in the, in the postseason. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I mean, Manaya, um, he's probably in, like, when if we're in, like, a worst possible situation where maybe we need to piggyback or something, or maybe you need to come in with a lefty-lefty. But, yeah, I mean, I think we just pointed out that we have four legitimate starters that he doesn't even – they're so good that he doesn't even make the cut. Yeah, I don't think he pitches in the postseason. I think, the, I think the piggyback thing is a really great point because – Three of our four are right-handed. Manaya's left-handed. You throw Clevenger, who we are not as much as we were, but we are still a little weary with the Tommy John. He's been letting it loose for a while now. But you get any of those guys, Darvish, Musgrove, Clevenger in trouble, you piggyback a lefty right off him. Darvish? Right into it. And then if you Such need to luxury. piggyback with Snell, Martinez slides right in. What, what Preller did with, with the rotation in the bullpen – is insane. I mean, and by the way, the, the the end of the bullpen now for close game situations, I'm gonna feel so good. Suarez, Garcia, Hater. I mean, you have the best reliever in modern history. You have the best reliever <laughs> since Mariano and Trevor. Seven, eight, nine is like, I'm literally not concerned. I feel so not to mention going Pierce in. Johnson and Drew Pomeranz, and who I honestly would be fine not seeing on the mound. Like, 
I the way which one both either I don't we don't bro seven eight nine Garcia Suarez or flip them you know Suarez Garcia yeah and then Hater is that back insane. three which which we've seen our pitchers go six innings almost every single out pretty much man. seven eight nine is slotted insane you know where you you're have going Nabil just lurking King Nabil baby yeah King Nabil I mean all hail yeah all hail all baby. hail King Nabil Luis Garcia the other day with his closing out opportunity was throwing a hundred and one mile an hour sinkers at the bottom of the zone. That pitch should be illegal. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, that pitch, you bro, shouldn't be allowed to throw that pitch. The Padres have been allergic to getting people like this. And I've been saying, I've been singing this guy's praises since day one. Since Preller got Luis Garcia, since he got Robert Suarez. I was like, bro, he got two guys that throw 98 to 100 with movement. Like, we've never had guys like that. And now the Padres have multiple options. And now Josh Hader coming in behind him to seal the deal instead of Taylor Rogers. I mean, this is God. getting this is getting ridiculous. Nightmares. But I think if I think if the pitchers are capable of holding the Braves, the Dodgers, any of these other elite teams, the Mets. to the Mets to three runs in six innings, I'll give them four runs in six innings. Mm-hmm. I think we can beat that. I, I do too. You know, mm-hmm. I do too. I think on any given day we could beat that. I, I don't think on every given day we could, but on any given day we could beat that. Who who scares you the most in the playoffs, you need? The Dodgers, by far. They have the most experience. They obviously are in our heads, I think. Yeah, that's, I think that's like clear. Yeah, they, they like, you know, the only the only guy who's had their not in is, is Juan Soto. Because Juan Soto owns them. Yeah, he does. And Juan Soto's gonna be like, yo, I don't care who's on this mound. And I think I mean I think Tatis isn't scared of them either, but he's not. Overall, like it for for the Padres as a whole for some reason, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it feels like sometimes it takes one guy to get it going and then everyone else sort of piggybacks. But to get that first guy going sometimes feels like pulling teeth. It's like four or five innings of just like, what are we doing up at the plate? But Juan Soto, I imagine, will get that going a lot faster. Tatis will get that going a lot faster. Then all of a sudden, the wheels come off. Dude, before, before I'm going to ask you, Corey, the same question. Even if, it's some, even if it's the Dodgers, tell me your second most. But first, I cannot wait to see Juan Soto shuffle in the box in a Padres uniform. <laughs> it's going to be so sweet. And just yeah. grabbing his nuts. What's up, dude? What oh, are you going to throw me next? Oh, it's 3-0? The, Come at me, the bro. The stare down, too. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. Too. He's profile with the, another base man. One of the swaggiest individuals in the game. Yeah. And now between him and Tatis, I mean, Tatis was one of those guys who I told I, – I said this, Corey, to Trevor in our last episode, which is like – I love Machado. I think we all love Machado. He's he's a monster, but he doesn't strike the same fear I think in pitchers that like Tatis and Soto do. Like I saw, I mean, he went over four today against the Rockies against not good pitching and was waving at bad pitches. But like Tatis and Soto, like they make you think about every pitcher throwing. Like if I miss my spot by like two inches, you're gonna hit this thing out. Yep. Like, right. and that's why you know that's why Soto walks so much because he's like, oh, I know where my pitch is supposed to be. And if it's anywhere in the yeah. zone, and he hits to all fields, by the way, which is another just element about him that we haven't even talked about. But to have Tatis and Soto in the same lineup who both just strike fear in a pitcher like you've never seen before is just another level. And then you couple that with Josh Bell's ability to, to hit for average at three, whatever he's hitting at, three, three Can you believe he's an afterthought? Yeah, it's insane. Like, it's, it, insane. it's ridiculous. So, all right, Corey, even yeah. if it's the Dodgers. Yeah, what do you got? Who's, who, who are you most afraid of in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be the go Dodgers, Dodgers first, yeah. It, yeah, you, behind them, who, no who do you who do you think's the next one? So National League, right? Yeah. 
Not okay. To keep um, us out of the World Series, yeah. Yeah. Oof. So I mean, you've got reigning champions, the Braves. Yeah, you pretty much um, have the Braves, the Mets, or you have the Mets, the Phillies, yeah. and or... Braves, Mets, Phillies, Dodgers, Padres. Dude, I. I think if we make it through the Dodgers, I think the National League's a joke after that for us. I yeah. think so, too. Like, it's not a joke because the Braves are obviously yeah. good. And obviously, you know, the Mets have pitching and, and they have some offensive pieces. That's the like, thing is I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the Braves because their lineup is mm-hmm. terrifying. And so they just good. hit nothing but bombs. But the Mets have two of the best pitchers of this generation. Yeah, but right. Juan Soto owns one of them. He owns both of them, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't he own? I mean, uh, it's the truth, yeah. Who do you but think, yeah, Corey? I think, I think I gotta go. I mean, the Braves figured it out without Acuna last year. Yeah, with Acuna back, <laughs> and, to, and and Matt Olson. Right, right. And Matt Olson. They got a younger Freddie Freeman. Yeah, yeah. The younger, Fre- oh, yeah. I think I go Braves. I think I, I gotta go. go. I gotta go Mets because pitching scares me more in the playoffs than hitting. There. That's yeah. that's the only way. And and then on top of that, they have Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. Two, yeah. two really solid hitters. They don't need home runs. They don't no. have the power. Pete Alonso does. But He's the only nobody guy. else does. You exactly. can avoid yeah. him and then yeah. just, just deal with singles and yeah. you know what I mean. But but I do think pitching plays a lot more in the playoffs, which is why I'm so confident in us going to the playoffs. Didn't even bring up Lindor yeah. by the way. That's a good point. But, <laughs> Who? Yeah, yeah. But like the gap Who's that? between the Dodgers and the Braves is so big. Yeah, so big. yeah. Between yeah. the Dodgers, Braves, and and then the Braves and the Mets is is massive. And the Mets. Yeah. The yeah. Braves and the Mets, I pretty much put in the same class. But yeah, the difference between those two teams and the Dodgers is it's so massive. It's insane. And then you, I mean, what right. I'm telling you, I believe if you make it through the Dodgers, after that, it's it's a laughing stock. And then in terms of the AL, like yeah, the Yankees are a concern. And I mean the Astros are concerned, but like both of those teams are yeah. The Astros to me, are, the Astros to me are nuts. And the Astros and went just got some dudes. The Astros to me yeah. are nuts. Like the fact that they're this good, and then to go out and get Mancini is like, I, I, I the Ast- It's so interesting because the Astros and Yankees to me they they went they went punch for punch in terms of upgrading. The Yankees got Frankie Montas. The Astros got Trey Mancini. The Astros got Christian Vasquez. They got a new catcher, which they desperately needed. Yep. And the Yankees got Benatendi. Like, they, they matched. Because their team was already so much better than ours right. prior to this. Right. You know, so it, it's it's going to be interesting. Anyway, I mean, we'll wrap it up here. Any any last thoughts from you gentlemen before we before we uh, call it a day on this Welcome to San Diego, Juan Soto. Welcome to San Diego, yeah. Juan Soto. Welcome, Josh <laughs> Bell. Welcome, Josh Hader. And welcome, Brandon Drury. You are in for a fun <laughs> ride. This fan base, th- dude, this fan base is going to embrace those four players like they've never seen. Like they've never seen. Juan Soto thought he was beloved in Washington, yeah, D.C. <laughs> dude, good luck comparing that to coming to San Diego with Tatis and Machado yeah. and how much this team means to this city since – there is no since they are the only professional sports organization in this city. I have never seen such an embrace of a sports franchise in my life in one city. Welcome to the team. No question, Corey Egan. Yeah, I mean, welcome um, to all hater, freaking Soto, all everyone. Just so excited, unbelievably pumped. Um, I did want to uh, quote. 
don't know if you guys listen to iHeart with Darren Smith on. Oh, I listen to them all. You do, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like he, he said one line today that I thought was so funny. It was around um, sending AJ Preller's phone to the Hall of Fame because of all the trades he just made. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> and I was point. like, that's, that's so a great point. Perfect. And like, just the magic, the magic that that guy does. It's insane, it's right? Yeah, it's it's really like that needs to be. If they win a World Series, <laughs> if they win a World Series, he's got to go into some kind of Hall of Fame. I mean, dude, he yeah. he did like we said on multiple occasions. He's done everything the fan base has asked, and everybody who's called for his head over the last couple of years has just been flat out wrong. Has just been flat out wrong. All this, yo, we can't win with Preller at the helm. We can't do this. We can't do that with Preller. Like. And this that's not guy, to say that you and I haven't been critical. We were critical we've at times. Been criti- we've been critical at times. We so were not, disappointed. You know. We were disappointed at last year's deadline. We were disappointed before the year started. Disappointed with the Hosmer but deal. It's clear that he knows more than we do. Oh, really? <laughs> clearly, Three jackasses in a living room, of course. <laughs> held his chips for the biggest domino humanly possible. None of us yeah. imagined Juan Soto. None of us. You know what's you know? so funny? I I always like we used to see not used to. I still see them every once in a while. You'll you'll see a Photoshop of like Trout, Otani. I saw Soto so many times, and I just laughed at it. Like, ha, yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Here we are. Yeah. So I mean, for my final thoughts, I want to say thank you, AJ. Thank you, Peter Seidler. Thank you to this this new ownership. This is a new day and age for the Padres franchise. Yes, I am expecting to compete for a World Series in the next three years, but the most exciting thing is I believe that they will extend Juan Soto to play with Fernando Tatis Jr. for the remainder of his of his prime, and then you have Tatis and, and Soto and fill in the gaps after that. Fill in the gaps. He, okay, let's see. Soto is 23. Yeah. So we have him for 23, 24, and 25-year-old seasons. If you extend – say you give him a five-year extension – Five-year extension, $250 million. That gives him the freedom, still at the tail end of his prime, to go find a new deal. I don't want him to sign a lifetime deal. Yeah, I mean, I might. Maybe, yeah. I mean, look at what Trout's doing. He's injured, but look at what he's doing. Maybe he takes it. That's what I'm saying. And I I bet you he's never going to have camaraderie with anyone like he's about to have with Tati. Oh, dude. No way. I would not be shocked if they all slept in the same bed together. (laughs) <laughs> for the rest of the season, I swear. I mean, we need a triple bunk situation. Yeah. Dude, dude, I'm telling you. The excitement is just through the roof. And, and I would. They're going to be like. Chicks everywhere, dude. Soto's going to be like. Soto's going to be like, <laughs> you know, walking for the sixth sixth time in one game. And he's going to trot home after Tatis hits a 500-foot just tater. Yeah. And then he's going to be like. Breaks the video board. He's going to be like, thanks again, FTJ. They're going to have a handshake. It's going to be adorable. Oh, my God. And amazing. Oh, I can't wait you for know, the handshakes. The three of them. And I, I just, can't it's just like a three-headed wait. monster that you can't even deal with. And then to add on to that, Josh Bell, an all-star, Cronenworth, an all-star, and then, you know, the rest is just unreal. So with that, Padre fans, Padres Twitter alike, remember this day. It is, it is historic, man. It is historic. And I tweeted earlier today from the account, from the Drunk With Monks page, at Drunk With Monks on Twitter and Instagram. I tweeted saying, is this the craziest day in Padres history? And... Pretty much unanimous across the board. People were like, yes. This is the craziest day in Padre history. Absolutely. So, so remember this. Enjoy it. 
Go Padres. We are at Drunk with Monks on Twitter and Instagram. That was Trevor Messenger. At Trevor Mess 22, baby. I'm Amy Berkovitz. Thank you so much to our special guest, Corey Egan, for joining us, our first ever guest. Corey Egan. Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. My guy. <laughs> what a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back on the air soon. Let's see how it goes for these first couple weeks with Juan Soto with Tatis on the horizon. We look forward to it. Please reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know if there's anything we should talk about. Thanks, everyone. This was Drunk with Monks. Yeah, it was. <laughs>